This show was previously recorded from 2000. This is the Kate Daly Show. Oh, Just like different versions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. This song, uh, I remember my grandmother, she would always say, don't mess up my patriarch songs. I don't want to hear these different versions. So I get when people think that too. Um, but I, I, I love them. I, I really do. That's a, that, that's actually a group of young guys that got together that wanted mm-hmm. to sing more about our country. And you have to give props to those guys because that's not going to be the most popular route to take. Not today. Um, boy, I'll need to do another, um, uh, another show next week on uh, pop culture. Wow. I have a lot of stuff for that. <laughs> I have a real difficult time mm-hmm. uh, listening to people who constantly try to denigrate the United States yep. for one reason, and really it's just one reason, that we're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. We, we're not perfect. We've yeah. made mistakes. Therefore, none of it's good. Right. And I don't get that because... At the same time they do that, they're ignoring the fact that people from every country in the world come here to be a part of this <laughs> imperfect place. You know, it's so funny. I saw a meme today that reminds me of what you're saying, and it was, uh, here's a socialist for you. They're tweeting on their smartphone and telling you how socialism is king. And it's so true, is it not? I just, you know what? we Everybody sits there uh, complaining, right? And they're doing it from their smartphone in a home where you can you mm-hmm. know say and, and say the things you want to say for the most part still and um, yes they're trying to snag free speech yes they're trying to get our uh, our, our way to defend ourselves against tyranny yes there'll always be that fight there but uh, and and who knows I don't know if they'll succeed or not but I do know that there are a lot of Americans out there that uh, recognize it and, yeah. and it's ridiculous it really and truly <laughs> these people like a Bernie Sanders what is it over a million this year yet he sits there and lectures everybody on giving <laughs> their fair share to the poor. I'm like, you got to be joking. Instead uh, of denigrating the uh, fact uh, that we haven't been perfect, they should realize and try to understand that liberty means the ability to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes. And uh, I was commenting on that lady that said, just follow the rules. And uh, yeah. I got a message in, you know, maybe maybe it's just respect. And I get that. There, there's, I think people can maybe voice something that I can take wrong. Maybe she was just talking about respect. You know, she said respecting your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And we do need that. There's a healthy um, call for this, that we need to respect each other a little bit more. And uh, we, we've, we, we certainly have gotten to the the trenches a little bit with people. Well, <laughs> that's it, because of the level of lunacy. What do you do? Well, yeah, you don't have to <laughs> respect frustrated. lunacy. Yeah, you're frustrated. I mean, y- yeah. yeah. Some ideas are just out and out wrong. Yep, yep. I, I agree. I agree. Um, 
so um, I wanted to play this. I thought this was really good. And usually people play this at Thanksgiving because we're talking about the pilgrims. But I thought that this was so, it was the ship, the Mayflower, and what became of it. And it's a really short one. And I want to play this for you because I really love going kind of back into history and saying, what did they go through for this? Mm-hmm. What did they go through? Because then it gives you a healthy respect uh, for what they set out to do. Here's Paul Harvey. Now, the rest of the story. Dr. Harris stood in the darkened doorway of the farmer's barn, silent and staring. As his eyes adjusted, the shadows parted like curtains, revealing the shapes and the dimensions behind them. And there was something curious here, something anomalous to an English village in the outskirts of London. Whatever was out of place, Harris decided, had little to do with the age of the ancient structure. For if one had stood in that very doorway nearly three centuries previous, that is to say when the barn was new, one might still have felt uneasy, as though the observer were suddenly far from the quaint Quaker settlement in Buckinghamshire, as though one were, well, nowhere near anything at all. And then Harris looked up, up to the beams supporting the barn roof. And as he kept looking, he realized that his head was tilting to one side, tilting more and more, as though his subconscious were struggling to envision the beams upside down. And all at once it struck him. The old barn amid the trees near the village of Jordan's was not exactly a barn at all, not exclusively at any rate. It was instead a ship, an old sailing ship, whose materials had been reconfigured and reassembled to make a barn. Well, there was no question at all for clearly the roof beams were in the shape of a ship's keel. And on one of those beams... Well, now, wait a minute. That's the rest of the story. The discovery by Dr. Harris, at least superficially, is not at all surprising because the best wood for construction was reserved in those days for the Royal Navy. English farmers, wishing to build their barns out of sturdy stuff, would often buy sailing vessels about to be scrapped. And that's precisely what a Buckinghamshire farmer named William Russell did to procure wood for his barn in Jordans. He was obviously correct regarding the quality of the lumber, for there the barn had stood for almost 300 years before Dr. Harris first laid eyes on it. Now, Randall Harris was a scholar, and so for markings on the barn timbers, he sought to identify the original vessel from which the timbers had been scavenged. On a beam taken from the ship's stern, Harris found the letters H-A-R. Harwich, he said to himself, the name of the ship's home port. He reopened the port books, seeking a ship's name that would coincide with other letters emblazoned on the same timber. And what do you know, there it was. A cargo ship that had carried freight between England and France for many years before being declared in ruins and appraised and sold. And yet it was a side trip. A side trip taken three years before she was scrapped that makes the vessel worth remembering. You may doubt if you wish and others have the research of Dr. Randall Harris completed in the second decade of this century. But before you dismiss it, consider this one last piece of evidence. A fractured crossbeam, a split crossbeam, still in the roof of that old barn. Today, still there, just like the one described in the ship's own log. A beam that split during a storm at sea in 1620. A telltale timber from a watertight time machine linking England's past with your future. The barn was built from the lumber of the Mayflower. And now you know the rest of the story. I love that. I love yeah. that. Isn't he a, great? Master storyteller. He had some great stuff, yeah. He really did. Letter to God and uh, his devil piece. 
Yeah. So telling in the 60s what was coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Totally amazing. And uh, he nailed it. He nailed it. Uh, so interesting to me. Um, but uh, but certainly you're welcome to call in 888-673-1450. There's no right answer. Uh, it's, it's what is being American uh, and this country, the founding of this country, mean to you? And when was that aha moment for you when you finally got it? Because for years I didn't get it. I was so focused on my pursuit of happiness that I didn't even give it a thought. Honestly, I'm, I'm being honest. It yep. wasn't even in my mindset. I just... Nope. Um, Until I really dove in. And then when you dive in, you realize how important these things are. It's amazing. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Good afternoon. I haven't been able to hear most of your show, but I've heard the last bit. Uh, For America, uh, what it means to me is liberty. That's what it meant to the founding fathers, Mm -hmm. establishing liberty. And uh, it also means something else today, and and that is uh, national sovereignty. Mm-hmm. The two main battles in America is to preserve our sovereignty. Uh, every uh, president, every generation, every Congress is uh, continue to erode our national sovereignty. NAFTA is currently being strengthened. Uh, that's a major, a major tool to erode our national sovereignty. But I like what Jefferson said. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. What, what, what was going on in 1775, 76? We had men, our fellow Americans, were in the, on the battlefield dying. For liberty. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the Declaration of Independence, but when they wrote that, the other Americans were dying for liberty. And, when, and the price of it, as I said, and Jefferson said, eternal vigilance. We must be vigilant. We're in a war. They're taking away our freedoms. And uh, in terms of integrated America or U.S., it depends what. There are things in America that need to be denigrated. Mm-hmm. The government we've created. That's eighty-five uh, percent in violation of the Constitution at the federal level. There are and respect. I want to talk about respect. What needs to be respected? There was something used to be respected all the time was individual rights. If you go back in the literature, a hundred years ago, sixty years ago, even when I was a child, people were always talking about their rights and other people's rights. We've lost that concept. The concept of liberty, in America, is rooted in individual rights out of the seventeenth century and the eighteenth century. Those great political philosophers, Locke and Hobbes and, and uh, John Stuart Mill and the others. We need to be looking at everything political in terms of rights, and we've lost that. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that. Really appreciate the sentiment. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's a lot I mean, easier yeah, to disagree. say it than yeah. to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes, it You've is. You've got years and years of stuff layered, so it's very, very difficult to do. Um, you know, the first, uh, actually, it was ju- it was uh, July 2nd was really the, the event, not really July 4th, but that's okay. Um, it's, the, it's the sentiment of remembering the, these uh, wonderful founders that, that did this. And the reason I always go back to that is I'm sure there are people out there that go, well, it can't always just be about the founders. Well, it, yes, it can, because they actually did something that had never been done, and that was to start a nation based on completely separate principles than we'd ever seen before. So, yes, it's heroic. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, you can't downplay that at all. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good, thanks. Hey, I caught the tail end of the last hour when you uh, played Paul Harvey, mm-hmm. and, and it's been quite a few years since I've heard that, so I appreciate it. I, I love it as well, and I, sure. it made me think of it made me think of so many people I've heard, and I, when I say people, I mean voices like yourselves, your mm-hmm. voice you. in the conservative talk arena. Thank that, you. So sweet. That that say 
that we, we talk about liberty and we talk, and and I heard somebody the other day and I, I don't even know who it was. I wouldn't name names anyway. I'm not trying to put anybody down, but it said, oh well, you know, I I wouldn't ever advocate violence and. I wonder how many people on the right, on the conservatives, realize that if you look at world history, those who say violence isn't the answer have not studied world history. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not advocating violence at all. But, right. but I think that uh, I feel very strongly, actually, mm-hmm. that we need to realize that at some point in time, that's going to be a foregone conclusion. And it's those who... Those that will prevail are the ones that have already have already passed that mindset and said, you know mm-hmm. what, I will I will protect my family right. or my neighbors right. even under bloodshed from, it, from tyranny within or without. Mm-hmm. If I if I could just add to that because I totally get what you're saying. When I played Coolidge's uh, speech, there was something that he talked about, and I thought it was very interesting. He talked about that came after well seasoned thought after um, after much discussion, after an orderly yeah. process to gather people together. And so that was the end of, of really um, a so long in, in getting people to understand where they were going with it. What I see today with the left is just anger amplified, and they just want to go out and start marching. They don't even know what they're marching for. They're just mad. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and so that doesn't work. And so I think it's teaching people that that has to come from much thought, and, and he actually eloquently made that made that point. Coolidge's speech is from 1926, but he really talked about the difference. And I think that that, I think people need to keep that in mind. When people say I'm not advocating for something, I would probably uh, use the caveat, uh, yeah, because that isn't where we're at. We There's got to be a lot of thoughtful reason into keeping the government in check and how we're going, how people are going to do that. Right? So I agree. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I Good really... Stuff. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I'm glad you called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great point. Yeah. And uh, really, truly great point. And yes, uh, to be mad just to be mad isn't going to work. It has to be. Um, they, they did something very different in this country. They weren't just mad and just hit the streets. <laughs> they were, you know, and I know the caller knows that. But uh, I think it's an important point. Well, and violence takes on two faces. Mm-hmm. Violence to oppress or violence to defend is two right. different worlds. Right, right. And you'll see these people that show up at a at a conservative rally, and what do they do? They start they start um, pummeling people. Yeah. They, they, they get violent. Why are they getting violent? Nothing nothing said that they should have, um, but they take right. it upon themselves as the first move, is yep. what I'm saying, because that's all they are about is anger, no principles. That's so right. It's very telling, isn't it? Uh, sure, appreciate all of you. Uh, love your phone calls.